0: the safety manual this is a topic and is kind of a sore subject with me and i want to talk a bit about it i mean the safety manual who even reads it My name is Gary Marsh, and this is your safetyology talk, or maybe another rant. It depends on uh, how worked up it, it kind of gets me, I guess. I've been in the safety profession for a long time now, and this topic is pretty raw for me. I have to be honest. When I have interviews with those who've gotten hurt, you know, basically gotten themselves hurt, and it is their fault, I always seem to ask this final question: Have you read the safety manual? And then I usually follow that up with, "Do you know where it is even located?" These are both loaded questions. The safety manager in me is usually pretty politically correct in this, and I'm always nice. I have always have a like a safety conversation, you know, and when told no by the injured employee. The human in me, though, it <laughs> it really wants me to tear them and well, literally tear, tear them a new ass. Unfortunately, I can't be that person. However, um, that never really got me too far in the past. and usually that would be something that would get you fired anyway, dealing with other humans like you know like that. Uh, anyway. It kind of reminds me of the good old days of Navy life when leaders were allowed to yell and scream to get things done. And to be quite honest with you, I was never that leader ever. I didn't have to be because all of the people I led were pretty pretty well-motivated individuals. Well, maybe not all of them, but enough that it made my life pretty easy. Uh, I do know this. It was definitely in me. Uh, to be that kind of person. So who is the one responsible for following the safety manual? Is it the manager, the employee, the safety professional? Well, it's really all of them, but ultimately it's the individual's responsibility to make sure they are following the rules laid out in the safety manual. Each employee can be held accountable if they are bending or breaking the rules. And as safety professionals, we are constantly creating documentation, checklists, training, and a ton of other things to try and help people protect themselves. And what chaps my ass is so many don't even bother to read any of it. What are they thinking? I mean, well, maybe I do know what they think. I, you know, I think... um Many maybe are thinking that they just don't have time to read all that shit. Heck, I've I've been doing this forever and haven't been hurt yet. I know many people have said that in the past. And really, that's famous last words, right? Safety manuals are loaded with information. Sometimes employees may feel a bit overwhelmed, you know, by everything in its contents and how many pages it is. And, you know, I get it. Every time I get into Wisha or OSHA, it's the same thing, except really that's thousands and thousands of pages. Most safety manuals are roughly 50 to 200 pages. Now, I know there are a lot of safety manuals out there in small and medium-sized businesses that are cookie-cutter and may not even pertain to the company's operations. That's another part of this story, right? Companies are required to have some sort of safety program if they are employing 10 or more humans. Some businesses, depending on what they do, require a safety program if one other employee is even on the payroll. So when they get in trouble, they decide to buy one of these stupid little cookie cutter safety manuals. <laughs> I shouldn't say stupid because a lot of them are actually really good um safety manuals that and, you know, it's just... They're cookie cutter, right? And so they have a safety program. You know, this, this is what the, the owner may think. Oh, I bought this thing and now I got a safety program. Hell, they probably didn't even think to read the darn thing and may still have the company name goes here listed in it or, you know, something of that sort. Try not to laugh. I've actually seen this on more than one occasion. There is one company and now mind you i am not one to drop names but this company has the worst cookie cutter program i've ever seen the manual you get from this company is filled with pages and pages of bullet points and i i do mean bullet points there's hardly any uh actual communication in it it's just bullet points and i mean the manual looks like a bunch of things you'd you'd really look for doing a risk assessment not to create a safety manual you know, with it's more of a, a risk assessment and basically is designed to be used to create a safety manual. Now, you really would do a risk assessment and then write out a procedure based on that risk assessment. In this company's uh, case, they just forgot the last step, really. I remember first glancing at this, and I'm doing air quotes right now if you could see me, so called safety manual, and asking, What's this? The uh, site manager looked at me a bit dumbfounded and he said, well, it's the safety manual. I literally laughed out loud. You know, (laughs) you know what? I think I have a copy of it somewhere. Uh, Hang on, Uh, I'll do a search. And I remember reading the, the part about the use of forklifts and thinking to myself, this is utter crap. Still, um, you know, let me search for a bit. Anyway, while while I search, I'll continue talking about safety manuals. Have you ever heard of a bow tie? So I was in the oil industry for a while working for a relatively new company. We had to do bow ties for every emergency scenario possible on our rigs. Anyway, I had a rig manager come to me and try to convince me that this was going to be our safety manual. Now, I was pretty naive back in those days. I really didn't know for sure how things played out in the oil field. So one day I just uh, politely told the rig manager that where I come from, and this is, you know, funny, bow ties are usually done for safe, you know, for a safety case. And that safety case can then be used to gather information for a safety manual. I proceeded to then ask him, is this not how it's done in the oil field? (laughs) he gave me a look and turned and walked away. Never talked to him again, believe it or not. That's a funny thing, right? (laughs) Anyway, if you've never worked in the oil industry, where I come from is used a lot. Now, this is even a funnier thing. When I said that, the guys I actually worked for spun around in their chairs and shot me a look like, did you just say that to the rig manager? That look was followed by another look of WTF. It was fantastic because I played it off like I had no idea. A buddy of mine who got me to apply after the Navy filled me in on all that stuff. You know, I'd say, I'm pretty sure them Southern boys thought I was one snarky dude. (laughs) And, you know, well, they may have been thinking and saying some really bad words and not my new sailor mouth speak. Anyway, that was uh, another funny thing to me. Uh, Full of them today, right? Anyway, there was a uh, time when every other word that came out of my mouth was the F-bomb. I had to learn to be much more professional. And now that I have seven grandkids, I hardly cuss at all. Okay, found what I was looking for. Sorry, I went off on a bit of a tangent there, but my ADHD doesn't allow me to stay on task when I'm doing more than one thing. Anyway, at a time, that is. I'll only read the forklift part, uh, but just know that the entire safety manual is just like this. Okay, here we go. The heading is forklift, and other industrial vehicles. Two different things here that probably should be separated. Forklifts go along with industrial trucks. Now, I, I maybe it's just a play on words here, but uh, anyway, the next thing is the general section, which talks about industrial trucks powered by typical engines. The rest of the page is filled with bullet points within three different areas. Potential hazards, safety requirements, and safety control method. So, let me be honest here. When I read a few of these, I immediately remember being—I um, remember tests based around bullet points like these. And so, when I dug into it a little more, I found that most of the bullet points came from a standard forklift test. I, I'm not kidding here. Can you guess how many bullets there are? 20. Most tests, at least the ones I've seen for forklifts, Uh, And even the ones I've made are usually about 20 question tests. Crazy, right? Let's design part of the safety manual around a test. And some people wonder why there's so many incidents involving forklifts. Not only that, but why would anyone want to read a bulleted up mess of a manual? Bullet points are good, don't get me wrong here, but when an entire manual is in bullet form, you might as well call it a risk assessment manual, something, you know, maybe something like that. One of the best manuals, in my opinion, is a safety manual that is set up where each part of the manual can be a standalone part of, the, of a program. Now, I've written several styles over the years and in the early days would have, would have to write them as I was told. But nowadays, with the amount of time that I've had in this profession, owners usually just take what I create. I usually start off by writing an actual safety manual that will cover, you know, the general safety criteria a company must follow. I then figure out through risk assessments, what operations are they doing and try to get the steps associated with them. Now, this is a bit time consuming and depending on the job for sure. Anyway, these risk assessments will be those bullet points and I'm doing the the air quotations again there most will use in their safety manual. This is in the procedural steps. Okay, before I dig into the setup, I think it's important to say that many of the pre-built safety manuals out there are decent starts if that is all you have. But before you just print it out and say you're done, you will need to make modifications to the document. Most of those types of manuals, mine included, We'll have like insert your company here or just company name in the document in various locations that will need to be replaced with your actual company name. All you will need to do with this is to do a find all and replace. Don't think you are done at this point though. You will need to... Uh, comb through the document and make sure all areas of the safety manual cover what operations you do in your business. So for instance, if you run a business that has no use for respiratory protection, then you need to get rid of it from the manual. My safety manual covers as much as possible so it can be used for all sorts of industries. It may not cover every industry, but enough industries will be able to use it. I tell you what, if you are interested in watching a video on this, just send me an email at podcast at pdcsafety.com, and if I get enough response, I will create one so you know how to actually edit a generic safety manual. All right, As I've already said, uh, you will need to do some work before you can call the safety manual your own. The safety manual I've created has 235 pages and 46 sections. This manual is a monster, and I'm not sure any other company offers one as well-rounded as my safety manual. This is a manual that uh, you would have to remove several sections in order to use it. I'm pretty sure there are no small businesses out there that will cover all the sections I cover, but uh, let me just do a shameless plug here. If you want a copy of the safety man, I'm selling it for $37 and you can pick it up on February 1st, 2023. Now, if you are listening to this podcast after that date, head to pdcsafety.com to pick up your copy. If you're listening uh, and it is before February 1st, then sign up to my newsletter to get notified when it is released. You can find that link at pdcsafety.com as well. Now, Now, I've got it tentatively scheduled to come out February 1st. However, um, with the way operations have been going so far, it could be delayed, but um, just know that it's coming out this first quarter of the 2023 season. All right. The reason for the safety manual topic today is that I've had several folks in different businesses I've either worked for or consulted for never even read the manual. Now, those people are also the ones that will be the first ones to complain about the company if they get hurt. It's been in my experience, they are also the ones who will milk the LNI system for everything they can to get, you know, something for nothing. Yes, I am jaded and this has been what I've experienced. You may never experience that, but I've experienced this over the last 20 years in this industry. Let me say that in the last, well, (laughs) actually, let me say that in the last 14 years, I've experienced this. So the last few years in the Navy, I, I didn't have this kind of problem. Anyway, shoot. None of those um, none of those years I served did I really experience someone like this, you know? It's only been since I've been retired now. From the Navy, that is. I'm not actually currently retired. Anyway, all right. All right I've rambled on enough, I think. I, I tried to keep these podcasts under 30 minutes and have been pretty good about it so far. So, speaking of that, if you'd like me to go even further down the rabbit holes I find myself in, just let me know and I can surely you. Other than that, if you have a subject you'd like me to dig into, send me an email to podcast at pdcsafety.com. This will do it for today. I love doing these podcasts and look forward to the next one. With that, have a great rest of your day and remember, together we can keep each other safer through safety on. Bye.